BBCC episode 39, my realization of the day. You know, think about how much time would be saved in American horror films if characters just accepted ghosts and spirits like the Japanese people do. I mean, they really just like roll with it like it's an everyday occurrence for them. Same goes for like supernatural abilities. I don't know, I find it kind of interesting. Like, do Amer- why do American films fill so much time with characters being dumb? Like, are we trying to support the stereotype of stupid Americans? I don't know. Weird. Let's get to the show. Oh yeah, we're doing it again. We're doing it for the 39th time. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. This is your host, Devon Taylor, aka underscore Daddy Disco on Twitter and Instagram, your resident stoner, and this is the podcast where we break down the subgenres within the genre of horror um, because there's just so much to talk about, so much to grind up and smoke it all up, and I am very excited um, for this episode, we are um, keeping it going here in Japanuary, celebrating J Horror Month, and um, we had—I told—I said at the end of the last episode, we're talking a couple hidden gems today. Well, I lied; some things got switched around, and now we are talking probably like the most iconic, most famous uh, within the J Horror realms. Um, we're diving into the Ringu series. Um, these were all first-time watches for me. And so I'm very glad that I have a good buddy here to go ahead and walk me through um, this ridiculously complicated series. Um, He is a writer and uh, avid book lover, um, big time, big time reader. And he has bylines across pretty much every horror outlet you can think of. He is the founder of his own horror website, Hawk Creek Horror. And he is one of the founders and designers for the We Are Horror um, electronic magazine that you can find. I was featured in the last issue, and after the next couple of weeks, I'll ha- have had pretty much like all of the We Are Horror like uh, big heads on the show. So I am very um, glad to welcome on Mr. Tyler Liston. What up? What up? What up, man? How you doing, sir? I'm doing so good. Um, like I was saying before, I'm glad we could finally make this happen. You're somebody that you know I've kept in. <laughs> in contact with in the Twitter sphere for quite some time now. And, you know, we uh, just never got a chance to collaborate on some. So absolutely. I'm excited. I remember uh, back in uh, nightmare, we really wanted to do like a, like a combo article. Yeah. And they, they shot it down. They so shot it we, down uh, hardcore. We just had to wait three years and now we can talk on a podcast. Yeah. Oh man. That would have, that was going to be, that was going to be such be good. a good idea yeah. too. Um, but yeah, yeah, the world but, wasn't ready, my man. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. But uh, yeah, we go back to um, you know Nightmare on Film Street days, and that was like I sure. mean, whenever I started, and you were already writing for him whenever I hopped on. So that's at least you know three and a half. I, I think that was two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So like at like the tail end. So we're uh, we're old and wiser. Yes, I guess wiser. We've been weathering the Twitter storm. <laughs> and 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 it also makes yeah. me very happy because I've I've never 
Like, I mean, I kind of have an idea of it when people out here, especially like talk about my accent, like having a mm-hmm. Midwestern accent. And I'd yeah. say you, you speak like me. You are like yeah, the see, closest in like dialect that I've talked to. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, so this is like kind of what I sound like. <laughs> exactly. See, no, nobody, see, everyone else has accents. We talk normal. Yeah. Like this is, this is the true Queens English. This is what I this mean, yeah. is. Middle of America. Like if anybody <laughs> is the standard, the baseline, I mean, it's us. Yeah, you got it. But super funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, obviously we know each other, you know, a little sure. bit, but um, to give the audience a little bit more of your background, like give me your little horror bio. Oh man. Um, I've been a, a horror fan my entire life. Uh, but I really didn't start writing or try to do anything until, um, like we said, 2017 or so. Um, I just, you know, I have a lot of thoughts that nobody here cares about. And my wife is tired of hearing them. So we, uh, I decided to uh, reach out to John and Kim at Nightmare. And that's where I started. Um, I've written a couple other places and decided to start my own thing this year with Hawk Creek. Uh, just a place to write some uh, weirder stuff you know stuff that people with reputations don't really want to have on their sites so uh i got some short fiction on there and i've featured some really uh awesome writers on there like matt donato amelia emberwing uh jerry smith we got we got a bunch of cool ones there and uh and then um like june or july of this year probably july uh ryan larson from ghastly grinning reached out to me we both kind of had the same idea floating around of starting a, a, a new magazine that features um, uh, marginalized voices. Uh, so that's what we started. We're now, I'm now working, I'm about elbow deep into our fourth issue and it's going really great. We've had great support and uh, uh, it's been, it's been a really, it's probably the best thing that I've done in the horror world, uh, the most fulfilling and, uh, the most time consuming thing, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's been great, man. And yeah. now I'm here. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of work gets put into, um, yeah. into we yeah. are horror and it's, it's, it really is fantastic. And the, the response, like the, like, just like the response, like right out the gate that it had that, you sure. know, of the support that was getting like, maybe- absolutely. Yeah. We were not expecting that. We were hoping that uh, um, three issues in realistically, uh, Ryan and I are both, um, we both are retail managers, so we understand money and all that stuff. So we're sitting here and like, we both put in a chunk of money, but we, we're, neither of us are going to take anything out. So it's like, okay, so none of us are going to get paid. Um, so, but we were hoping that after six months, um, after three issues, we would have, you know, the backing to be able to, um, pay the magazine to pay it's for itself uh but literally day one it went out um we were we were tripling you know what we were looking for patreon wise which just allowed us to up the dollar amount that we were allowed to give to writers and our artists and stuff so i mean it it, the response has been phenomenal and you know both of us like you know we cry over it but uh, we're we're really glad that we're able to do it yeah, like it, it just it really did like show like kind of, you know, where where our little horror community online sure. community, you know, is at and like, you know, yeah. like who, you know, who all is, you know, 
in that and yeah bringing it up you know and just like it's cool to be able to like see you know people that i've already interacted with then also finding new people to follow and you know yeah yeah exactly and and um i've gained a lot of really close friends uh through it which has been great and also um just being able to read like like devon you had one last issue uh, but like Anya Stanley and Mary Beth Andrews and like every every piece that we get in just absolutely blows my shit off. And uh, that's been the best part is just being able to to read through it and try to put a little mark on. It. Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah. Every- shout out shout out to uh, Danny, who was on your show last time. Mm-hmm. She's she's one of our uh, editors and also Terry Menard uh he's a he's a fellow midwesterner too uh from uh gaily dreadful uh he's our other editor and they both do a great th- job with it ryan does nothing yeah ryan no ryan crap. um he doesn't he's in he, there's a big scandal right now so we we can't talk about oh big scandal yeah uh, i'm also hr so i can't uh, <laughs> talk about it but uh, the, the problem is is he's in love with me Mm-hmm. and i'm happily married man i got kids like he can't support that's a problem them, so. that's a problem in the workplace <laughs> you know we can't yeah exactly yeah well we'll see if that scandal is um solved by the time ryan comes on he'll be on in like two weeks I <laughs> is the time yeah, so we'll yeah, see be sure to ask we'll see. About that yeah we'll be very happy about it yeah we'll definitely bring it up but yeah so many so many great writers have contributed and sure. half of them have been guests here on the show yeah, like sure. anya and uh jerry and uh, so many other uh, great writers out there. So if you guys have yeah, not, Jerry Jerry had a great uh, series of episodes. Was it two episodes they did with you? Or yeah, yeah, they did yeah. Uh, the paranormal. Uh, yeah, that was that was really good. I liked that one. Oh yeah, that was that was so great. Um, Jerry yeah. is definitely one of the best. And, sure. and I like looking at you know series and franchises and like yeah. Like, that's something I've kind of been paying attention to, like, I don't know, just in the past year or so, whenever I kind of watch movies, not even just horror either. It kind of started sure. whenever I dove into when I became a part of the Fast family. Oh, whenever. yeah. And and it kind of boggled, like, the the relationship. It's insanity, but, man. It's insanity. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to make an exception to cover <laughs> the Fast you got to, movies man. on I mean, here. Just, you know, just because. Talk about, like... <laughs> The ghost of Paul Walker or something, you know, it's like he's haunting the set. There's some there's some things if I mine deep enough, I can I'll, I'll get in there for sure. <laughs> but um, but there's something to be said, you know, when it comes to like franchises and subgenres, I've noticed, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, the the more successful ones are the ones that kind of weave in and out and sure. kind of adapt their franchise and do different things, you know, subgenre wise. So we're talking the Ringu series here today, mm-hmm. and this this thing oh is a it's a pop culture juggernaut. I mean, it's yeah. I forgot. I almost we can't we can't go in without Willem. You know, he he had no, to make yeah. his, he had to make his presence known. Um, you're right. You're right. Um, so this the series. Eight yeah. Japanese movies, three American movies, two TV series, a Korean remake, six mangas, and two video games, and a bunch of books, of course. Five five books, I think. Um, yeah. The the books are where it all started. Like there there's so much. I did not 
I didn't even like realize it. I For sure. forgot that there was a, a forgotten sequel that mm-hmm. was thrown in the mix in there. Like there there's a lot going on here, but we're gonna sure. we're gonna focus on one, two and and zero. But yeah. um how much else have you explored outside of that besides um, uh, what we're talking about? I, I today? picked up the first book by uh Koji Suzuki and uh i got about halfway through and i just kind of sat it down because i could it's translated into english and you can tell in some places it just seemed uh, a really robotic kind of uh methodical type of uh kind of kind of like a law and order episode you know it's like kind of grinding through the investigation i was like nah where's where's the scary bitch at um so i i sat that down but i also i watched uh ringu and uh ringu 2 i also watched spiral which was the loss or the thrown in the garbage sequel yeah um which interesting which is actually just follows like the second book in the series yeah Um, and it was also also it was also simultaneously released with ringu which is it's weird it was such a weird rollout but i you know i'm an american dude I, i don't I don't understand it too much, but it it, it was fast enough to where they could kind of like forget about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that that is what worked out in its favor. Exactly. If it because I mean, apparently it's not very good. Like it's my wife watched it with me and uh, it was it was whack. Yeah, she she was not uh, pleased with it at all. Neither was I. It just it just completely turned everything around. But um, and then I also watched um, Zero. And then I uh, went on YouTube and I found the 1995 made for TV movie called Ring Kanzaban. Yeah. Kanzaban. Or they called it like the Ring Virus. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Either way, it came out in 95 and that was whack. I heard. And Uh, that one is. It, but that one is the one that is like follows the book the closest. It's extremely close. Yeah. That's. That's uh, part of the issue, but you know, I'll talk about it here at the end when we talk about the other movies, but uh, um, it it was an interesting experience because it was very obviously ripped from a VHS, uh, which kind of gave it like the weird, you know, as much as you can feel like the year 1995 with a 65 inch tv you know flat screen but um if it felt like i was watching something naughty like <laughs> like the uh you know sadako's tape but uh yeah, we're looking for it it's out there it's out there somewhere yeah we just we got to get to all the family videos before they close down and try to find it i should have I mean, I'm I'm probably glad that I didn't, but I should have went into like uh the the Sadako like fanfic on Tumblr. I bet it's real weird. I bet it's dude. I don't have the the brain space for that. <laughs> like, yeah. I just I can't handle that. It would it would literally take over. Um, one thing that I because I mean I didn't read the book, but uh, in my skimming of research, um, that in the book Sadako's powers and where the ring virus comes from is sadaku's powers fused with smallpox yeah am i getting that right yeah that's it and it's (laughs) it's real weird but um yeah and that actually goes into uh spiral the where they took the story after the success of 
uh, I guess it was before they learned how successful Ringu was, but uh, with that first sequel that they did, that's that's the way it goes. Um, Sadako was raped by a smallpox doctor. Yeah. Who, uh, mm. like, he gave her that good push and gave her the smallpox. Uh. And then he threw her in the well. Uh. <laughs> and, like, her, like... Uh, rage mixed in with the virus and it you know infect the tape and it, and that's how it's transmitted and then and, and then it infect infected the tape so yeah yeah so like you press play and you're getting all this like covid in your mouth you know so uh, this kind of is like in this case it's kind of like sadaku's sex tape but like but her rape tape ew yeah gross. right it, that okay ew, yeah that's that, gross. um <laughs> I, I didn't finish the book, but in that made-for-TV one from 95, that girl is just titties out, like, the whole movie. And I was shocked. Like, I didn't know if this was on, like, Japan's version of HBO or something. But, like, there was, I mean, there was, it was basically like a softcore in some what? places. And it was real weird. Uh, but, like, w- at one point, um you know, like in Zero, how she joins the acting troupe. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of is in that first from 95. And uh, like one of the guys from the troupe is going to go to her apartment and rape her. But they get to their like her door and they hear her like, like moaning and groaning. And they like peek in the door and she's like, oh, dad, dad. She's like having sex with her father. Oh. <laughs> and, and then her father gets sick. And then she starts, well, I, I shouldn't say that. Um, the book says that she was raped by the doctor, but the movie kind of makes it not so. Um, mm. Like she's she's into it. But anyway, so that's how she gets the smallpox. And it's, she's just like boobies and bush. And like, it, it's really weird seeing the ring girl like that oh well i guess uh i guess we don't need to explore the the tumblr fan <laughs> no, fit corners weird, uh, we man. got we got that um yeah. and now now i have to now I have well to well that's the it. big problem i i sorry to interrupt you but the problem with it and like they don't come out with this until the very end of the movie is like the the reason why the doctor killed her is because she was intersex so he like oh, what felt up her boobies and then he like laid her down on the grass and then like reached up her dress and then like in a flashback he's like oh she was neither woman nor man he wouldn't do it i guess you know and i just wrote in my notes i just wrote gross like come on like i know it's 95 but like it's here where we were again with the the evil uh Mm -hmm. intersexed person and yeah it's it was played even back then but they they went with it I mean that sounds about right for ninety five. What they yeah. would have been doing, and that's and such if a I weird. Had an extra week, I would go into like Japan's cultural, uh, you know, thoughts on gender and and stuff like that. But I I just gave up. Yeah, they have they have some uh, interesting thoughts on gender <laughs> and the way that they treat sex, and I mean sure. the way that they treat it's all. So I yeah. I feel like why am I not surprised? But at the same time, for 1995, that's a lot uh, yeah. going and, on. And honestly, I didn't know if that was in the book or not. 
but they they went with it on TV. That is something. And yeah, and for the TV one at that is what's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, this um guys, this this franchise, it's it's all over the place. There's a lot going on, but let's yeah. go ahead and get into the OG. <laughs> Ringu or the ring depending depending on the marketing because there's also Japanese titles that were translated to the ring with uh lowercase the and then capitalized ring or um but we'll say ringu cuz i think that makes more sense and so that way you don't get confused with the american remake the ring um but yeah so we're talking about this one from 1998 directed by Hideo Nakata um a score done by Kenji Kawai had to shout him out cuz uh this that was, was so good such a banger of a score yeah. um luckily he comes back for the second one too one of the redeeming yeah. features of Ringu 2 um but had to shout our boy out at the beginning cuz um especially the opening score uh for the for the title sequence is pretty nice the way it like mixed in with the ocean waves and stuff yeah um but yeah you guys know the you guys know the story there's a tape it kills people after you when you watch it after seven days. Um, I like that there's a distinction in this one and the American remake. Like it's always seven days is like the iconic line from the American one, but this one is it's one week. Like they yeah. don't say seven days. Interesting, yeah. but um, of course you watch the tape, and unless you copy the tape and then get somebody to watch that copy, is the only way that you can uh, pass it along and save yourself from Sadako. Wrath, um, and her wrath is she will come out and she wills you to die scared to death. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> so this was my first time around on this one. Um, but to start off, what are your thoughts on uh, general thoughts on Ringu? Um, I it it's one of those five star horror films for me. I, I absolutely love it. I came to it not long after I had seen the original, um, but uh, you know, like you mentioned, the the soundtrack, the sound in this movie is just absolutely incredible. Um, I think it's one of the most beautiful uh, horror films, and not just like the two actors, the actor and the and the actress in the lead roles. You know, they are very good looking. Oh yes. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's one of the uh, best uh, looking horror films, and I like Sadako, Sam- Samara, Samara, whatever you want to, you know, the American version, the Japanese version. That uh, it's iconic in, in horror, and not just horror, but you know, film history, and it completely launched an entire wave of remake horror, and I am all the way for it. So, uh, Ringo is like one of the top. 10 i've ever seen probably yeah i really liked i really like this one um it is um it's a it's a whole different uh switch up and vibe from like say juan that i watched Mm -hmm. last week yeah um we'll say that i definitely like this one more than juan yeah well i actually i don't know they're they're actually pretty close it's the grudge the grudge movies are are hard it's it's the same type of um but yeah but 
Ringu has a yeah, it has a nicer sheen over it. it You're does, right. Yeah, it does look it. nice. It sounds a little bit better. They utilize the score a little bit more. Um, yeah, uh, definitely a hot cast. Uh, shout out to uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, who has popped up in lots of things. Um, he looking was in, good, looking real good. But mm-hmm. then it's like snack. It's weird though because like seeing him here and then like say you see him in 2013 in the Wolverine, he like <laughs> yeah. looks exactly the same. Like yeah. I mean, just yeah. still unfazed, um, looking real good, real daddy like in this one. <laughs> um, and then yeah, real absentee daddy, real absentee one. daddy at that. <laughs> yes, uh, the the best absentee daddy you could you could ask for, I would say. Um, it's you know this one is it's it's so interesting like you know because my introduction was obviously the american remake it was one of those ones that like you know terrified me whenever i saw it i was younger and um you know and i just you know i've just have that iconography with it because it became such a big hit here you know the ring from 2002 is you know one of the biggest you know um in horror for us so it's like kind of interesting you know that they both have you know these positive uh reputations but then also do the movies you know significantly different um they take some different tonal angles yeah for sure. um you know gore verbinski put his own kind of different look on it as well so like they did you know they separate just enough to where it's like you can enjoy both of them you know f- for completely different not completely different, but for different experiences. Um, it's interesting because I'll lead this into the genre grinder as we kind of talk some of the subgenre things that are going on here is that this isn't as much, you know, typical, um, you know, American remake is like straightforward, uh, spooky to boo, scary, scary <laughs> shit happening. Horror, yeah. you know, not too much going on character-wise, not a whole lot, you know, like, they have all the lore, but it's it's just, it's a, it's a vibey and scary uh, spook fest, but this one is, you know, more of a, it's more of a supernatural thriller, like, uh, it has some crime thriller elements as well, because, as I pointed out in the cold open is, you know, Uh, And I said this in last week's episode, too, is, you know, how I've noticed in Japanese horror films, like, and I guess this would be a, you know, a cultural thing is that they just like kind of like accept paranormal and supernatural things. Yeah, they kind of approach it. I made a note of that later on in one of the sequels because it's like everyone in the movie could see flashbacks and ghosts and, you know, they could tell the future you know and they just completely accept it as chill yeah like they they always like when it like is introduced that a different character has something they just kind of do it and then yeah. and, and that that's it yeah. like whenever they introduce oh, straight like, you can you can see ghosts too cool i don't have yeah. to explain it and yeah, we're good like you see ghosts and then like whenever takayama uh, touches the uncle for the first time and then like gets all the flesh and yeah. I'm like oh so he can see memories when he touches people makes sense and then he's got more superpowers in the second one too apparently everybody's yeah, got and powers. his girlfriend has the same power that he did too she's a medium as well and yeah it's a lot of people like yeah that's, that's cool man um little yochi you know he he becomes uber powerful in the second one yeah um we'll get to <laughs> yes. that but in this one he you know has 
um, he can, you know, sees these visions. He sees uh, Sadako. Um, he see he talks to um, the dead, his dead cousin, um, that you know who dies yeah. with the um, initial group of students at the beginning. That kind of at least kicks it off from here. Um, you know, we don't. It's not per se the origin of uh, sure. the tape and Sadako, but for at least for us, this is and and for the franchise, this you know, Ground Zero is uh, this this whole little thing going on here with uh, the students. And that's kind of where the reputation starts getting spread around because, you know, they spreads through the school of, you know, this tape and, and that's kind of the way that it spreads yeah. around. I, I mean, we, we, you know, I think every grade schooler in the country can, you know, remember a specific time that they went into the bathroom and did Candyman or like Bloody Mary. And mm-hmm. this is exactly like that, only with the physical tape. It's one of those like urban legends that everyone absolutely 100% believes is true. Yeah. Like, and, and it, you know, does kind of, it, it functions. This is the closest thing to it functioning as a virus as compared to, you know, the, the book in the literal sense. Like, this is it, it, the way that a urban myth works, you know, like you said, like mm-hmm. all those different ones that you go and you do in the bathroom. Um, what are some subgenre stuff that stuck out to you? Well, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a slow killer and that's my kind of shit. Um, but when it comes to like, I, I, I enjoy paranormal movies. I love ghosts. Um, I even love the more religious ones that have demons and stuff and, you know, and the, the priests, you know, the Jesus Christ superheroes that come in and, and kill them. But this is more of like a curse, maybe one of the first like curse movies that I remember watching. And um, it, it, for me, it, it's a it's a game changer. It's it's kind of its own. It started its own mm-hmm. J-horror moniker, you know, here in the United States. So this is this is a trailblazer through and through. Yeah, this uh, it introduces, um, you know, the vengeful spirit angle yeah. that is a recurring theme in a lot of J-horror films. Um, the Oreo, uh, or however you say it. I, I always want to say Oreo, but that's very disrespectful. But the Oreo, the, the uh, vengeful spirit, and then... And then, oh, and then okay. They, I had no idea what the fuck you were talking about. Oh, it's like a yeah, no, no, no I got like, you, I got you. Yeah, it's like uh, the the Japanese word for it. Um, Danny sure. talked about it in last episode, but like, yeah. And then between this and Juan is also what associated like the look sure. of it as well of being the the pale woman with the wet hair and the long wet hair, and you know they. And I love how you know, Sadaku moves in this one, like, sure. Yeah. You know, but the, but you said that this one is, you know, this is a, this is a slow burn. Um, it spends a lot more time on, you know, the investigation and kind of building up this paranoia between, um, our main characters. And, you know, we don't get a lot of Sadako in this film. Like it's, you know, we get flashes, we get Sadako in the background chilling, um, we get uh, Sadako in pictures, you know, and like, and we get, of course, like, you know, the the scares come from stuff like that with like seeing yeah, these sure. like warped faces in the pictures and, mm-hmm. and, and it's like a very slow build until, you know, the, you know, pinnacle Sadako scene, you know, which comes, you know, way sooner in the American one. And there's more, you know, spooky do boo jump scares in the American <laughs> one. This one. Yeah. Is- no. And um, even 
you know, I know we've mentioned this. We're not going to try to compare the American and the the original version, you know, too much. But um, you can tell the two different styles that they had just from the moment where Sadako was outside of the TV. You know, uh, one of the biggest scares in the American version is she just makes that kind of like blink jump forward and Mm -hmm. you know takes everybody by surprise he he falls over backwards but it's a it's a jump scare and this time you know when sadako she comes out of the tv it's just slow and it just creeps and my dude has time to try to make a phone call you know but by the time (laughs) she gets to him and then he goes all the way down the hallway and then he does like this backbend thing but um (laughs) it's more like a like a creeping and like um predestiny you know that she's going to get to you you know and and that's what i you can you can enjoy both but that this one really drove it home for me yeah that that ending scare you know is so effective in this one because mm-hmm. it's it was just like it's, it's the steady build of sure. you know when is it going to happen because you also have you know the ticking clock of course and then also takes you by surprise because yeah you yeah know, you know like, like you hear that uh you well, know, it also, sounds like a, it sounds like a gong that has been like it's just still reverberating. You know, it, you don't hear the impact, but you hear the rest of it. But like that's the sound that comes when the day comes along. Yeah, and, you know, you think everything's safe, and then you hear that noise, and that date comes up. You go, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it it reminded me of a it reminded me of a specific sound from a movie. I don't know. I want to say from the eighties here. I don't know, but it, it was like, I love that sound on every single yeah. time when the, when the date would come up. Cause like, it, yeah, it's like you'd be in a sense of, okay, like they're kind of making it through the days and then it hits again. That's like, Oh wait, no, there's still yeah, th- this, a vibe uh, going on. This movie deals with uh, sound so well, you know, from the beginning when it's just so quiet and you can just hear your own heartbeat in your ear. And that's like the soundtrack for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, with those sounds, with the dates moving and stuff like that, um, even the sounds of the flies buzzing or, you know, someone waving a wood, you know, like a mm-hmm. like a, a saw around, you know, this the, the weird kind of ambient noises that come around. Um, yeah, it just it, it gets you all jacked up and ready to go. So, so as soon as you hear it at the end, you know, you know, shit's about to go down. Yeah, like I said, I I loved uh the ocean sounds at the beginning yeah, were so good. really good ones and that kind of comes up um throughout the film and you know especially like as we get it at the beginning but then once they actually travel to the island um, oh, yeah. in the second yeah. half of the film and kind of reintroduce it it's like oh those are those same wave sounds and mm-hmm. um and you know the the TV just like the the slight yeah. that slight hum you know like yeah they didn't always have to have it on the gray static screen you know which yeah for sure the american does you know that's like kind of the because that's you know always scary to us for some reason with the Mm -hmm. loud like the the static sounds for this one they didn't they didn't have to do that all the time it was just like the tv would just be this slight hum because like you know what it is like you know that feeling like when you're like going to bed at the end of the night but then yep. you're like you you know for a fact you turn the tv off but then you know yeah, just that I think, slight fear. I think uh it's it's i think it's a sound that came from old tvs you know the tubes uh, the, the the non-flat screens you know you young bloods don't know anything about that but um they used to have televisions that were, weren't as cool as they have them now 
but uh, I think that I, it's like an electrical sound that you're describing, and that's you're it, that's they use it really well in this one. Yeah, no, yeah, it's the tubes. There's um, yes, the, tubes, the old the old yeah. ones. They had the the tube, and yeah. there's an electric current passing through it yeah. that that does it. Yeah, they use that specific sound like really well. Um, but yeah, there's so much like on a technical level, you know, very well made, well shot. Um, yeah, great use of sound. Um, to kind of shift over into the characters a little bit. Um, so you know we're following uh Reiko uh Asakawa. Uh, Asakawa, man, these sure, these man. names have been so fun. Uh, this month. yeah, I'm gonna slaughter every name, and I apologize. I am just a, a oh, no, it's all from good. Illinois. So, but see what what I've noticed is kind of cool in Japan. I guess is like people kind of use their first and last names like interchangeably. Yeah, sure. I've noticed in yeah. in different movies. So you know, I just picked the easier one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so we go got Reiko. So we got Reiko. And um, this is um, Lil Yochi's mom. She is a reporter, um, and her niece is one of the um, kids that died with the initial um, passing around of the tape, leading her to want to investigate it. And then as she goes in deeper, um, she goes, you know who I need? I need my ex-husband for this. Um, who is a college professor and he's a, you know, smart guy, makes sense to bring him in. And also it's an interesting dynamic, you know, exploring yeah, for sure. an ex marriage relationship. Like mm-hmm. there's not very many of those in horror films in general. And that's like something I've, I was just like, this is really interesting. And, and there also wasn't like a underlying subplot of like, are they are, are they going to get back together yeah. or are they not going to, it's just like, no, you watch I them. I think we all hoped at the end that they would, but there was no expectation. There, there wasn't a storyline there. Yeah. Like yeah. there, there wasn't an expectation, but, at, but what it, it worked for me was like, you kind of get this sense of like when you do end something with somebody like, and they were such a big part of your life, but like, are still that, you know, they're still important to you and like seeing how much that, they cared about that person. So it's like by the end of it, it's like they're willing to risk their lives for each other because obviously they still care for each other, but it has nothing to do with, you know, them being, um, you know, for each other. And then also, you know, um, Takayama kind of trying to redeem himself for being the absentee. Yeah, dad. I, I think a lot like, of it is guilt, you yeah. know, uh, you know, he's, he kind of abandoned his, his, he, Daniel day Lewis, his son, and uh mm. yeah i think a lot of it is is kind of like trying to make up for that knowing that he owes them that at least you know to at least try to help yeah or at least i think that's the way it starts and then i do feel like towards yeah. the end it's a little bit more um you know on the side of like well okay. then he's watched the tape by then so he's just worried about himself that too <laughs> no just playing yeah i mean and ooh. I mean, Takayama, he gets a he gets a smidge of redemption in the in Ringu two when we when we get to that. Yeah, uh, uh, that that was interesting. We'll talk about that. But um, yeah, I, I liked how they were exes, but they they didn't make it a thing. Like they weren't like, I mean, like fighting the whole movie. They weren't doing anything, you know, like bicker back and forth or whatever. That their goal was to help themselves and mm-hmm. little Yoichi. 
I mean, I like that they do throw in a a smidge of it. Like, and they don't spend a whole lot of time, but there's like there's just one exchange that like happens so quick. Whenever uh, yeah. Takayama's yeah. like, "Oh, is Yochi at home alone?" and then uh, Rico's like, "Yeah, he's used to it," and like kind of just like the <laughs> I, I, I was when like, they were like uh, looking at the newspapers downstairs. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he just kind of is, and she pulls her phone out to call him, and he just kind of gives it a little glance, like. Oh boy. Yeah. Thanks and, for bringing that up, lady. Yeah. Uh it was it was nice though, like, you know, just but that's all they needed. Like, yeah, it wasn't just like a recurring like they weren't fighting a whole bunch and um going back yeah. and forth on things that didn't matter. Like it was all for sure. in, in a means to an end, you know, for a goal, but just an interesting dynamic that I haven't mm-hmm. seen play out like in a in a film and like as, especially that we don't really like get the backstory either we don't see like the breakup or the divorce or anything it's like it's just happened already and this is this is where they are in their life right now so it's um you know very interesting it's something i want to see more of yeah it 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 jumps right into it that's what i love about it too is it yeah you know within the first couple minutes you've got or uh i think it's tomoko it it was tomoko and the other and the and the friend the yeah yeah and uh the friend yeah tomoko is the niece's name, but yes. uh, yeah, they jump right into it. And uh, um, you're kind of forced to just accept everything as it is um, because you just got plopped there. So you're just hanging on. But uh, yeah, that's one thing about the movie that just starting off, I mean, you know, you're ready to rock when that happens. Yeah. It, it starts uh, and we go straight into it. And then, you know, by the end of the film too, it just like kind of clean cuts at the end too. Sure. It's like, yeah, it's in a very finite um, amount of time, obviously, due sure. to the whole time factor that plays into the film. Sure. And again, like that, that ticking clock is always there and it and it works really well. Um, but yeah, so again, like this is it's more of a slow burn and more of, you know, building all this paranoia. There's not too many, you know, uh, like big scare sequences um, to, to talk about, but um what are you know, um, what's yeah, one there, of your favorites? I mean, it's the same ones really that uh, we saw in the American version. But um, one of the benefits of this, and it's not necessarily because it's scary, but it's um, it's a distinctly like Japanese movie. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell just like culturally, um, you know, the the reverence that they have for the dead um, is one that uh, I I noticed watching this one. Um, you know how she kind of cradles the corpse's head and the body when she's down in the well. Um, and usually, American movies we're the, we're fighting the ghosts. You know, it's yeah. we're 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 fighting them to get out of the house or to get out of our daughter or whatever. You know, so it was it was interesting to see like their instant reaction was okay. How do we set things right so we can get rid of this curse? Yeah, I I really love how you brought that up. I kind of had it written pretty similarly as, yeah, like it's not this just like instant, you know, aggression and going on. Like, who am I going to punch? Yeah, going on the offensive. You don't have Patrick Wilson yelling at anybody. No, man, I I wish, but. (laughs) I know, right. But yeah, like it's it's just like so like just like and they hold on it for a good minute, too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just like. Something and that like happens the, really the fast. The scalp falls off. The scalp falls <laughs> off, and then she like brings it in even closer. 
and then like yeah. kind of just like fades on that and you see um takiyama looking down on below mm-hmm. and um i also i, I want to shout out the the scene you know leading up to this which is like they spend a good amount of time on just these two going down in the well shovel yeah. bucketing out water <laughs> you know and you know it shows but showing you know their determination we get some character beats between yeah. them you know as well and you know these different moments that kind of keep coming up and and I remember I was like, man, this is a like pretty long sequence. And it's like, again, like, you know, we wouldn't, uh, an American film wouldn't do that. You know, I mean, American films would, but, you yeah. know, just in, but no, in this I, case. I know what you're saying, though. No, yeah, it's, uh, um, he had one moment. He didn't need to slap her. I mean, she was, she thought she was okay, about to yeah, die. Okay, he he, yeah, he definitely didn't need to slap her. You know, maybe just, you know, raise your voice a little bit or just reason with her. But, uh, anyways, it, yeah, it's, um, I liked it because it just like with the countdowns with the days coming, it was just, you know, you're wondering what time it is. And each time she brings up a bucket, you're like, Oh, she's that much closer, that much closer. So it like in a subtle way, kind of it dialed up the tension. Yeah. Because you got to think in your head, like, okay, how long do you think it's taken her to pull up each one of these buckets? Yeah. How many buckets are they fucking doing? I mean, and I love how, you know, and I love how they just like, they go with this as their plan and then they just stick to it. And then at one point she's like, how we even know this is working? <laughs> and he's just like, shut up, bucket more. Pull yeah, up more this buckets. is all we can do now. Yeah. You know, We've committed. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting choice for a climax. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then we kind of, you know, go into that and, and again, it feels triumphant and then, and then we get, yeah. you know, the biggest the music scare. gets all happy, like end of Final Fantasy happy, you know, it's amazing. It does. Uh, it like, uh, was very, like I said, like triumphant, like the, the mm-hmm. stock, the stock music triumphant track. Yeah. That's what you kind of played on this one. Um, but then it's like, you know, it swells up and then we're all good. And then they're just like, psych it didn't work yeah. for everybody um, yeah and i i think i guess why did it not work for takiyama probably because he's a dick i don't know i <laughs> guess that's really the only reason that it didn't work and sadaku still came from i think she was just like ah, you're still kind of a shitty dad and i have a thing again <laughs> yeah. i have a thing against shitty dads you know i had yeah, exactly. one of them so i i think that's why sadaku came but then I, again i like that they kind of chose to have their biggest set piece here at the end of it mm-hmm. and it's you know very simple um the effect actually looked pretty good of the way it that really they did had, yeah um sadaku coming out of the tv like it, it looked pretty solid and uh yeah. it's it's simple it just happens real slow you know focusing on her crawling and like kind of you know yeah. this this uh performance with her like fingernails that are missing yeah and, like slowly getting up to standing and and my dude ate lunch and then came back to it. Um, but yeah, no, the whole thing looked, looked gorgeous. And it's so, it's such a simple yeah. concept. It was, it was beautiful. The the fingers get me like, man, fingernails peeled back fingernails, just like really. Yeah. I don't like get that. me. And the fact that it was like, you know, just a detail mentioned earlier, you know, earlier in the film. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then they see the fingernails in the well and it's like, oh, she was trying to climb out. And just like knowing that and like having yeah. that image of her 
you know, in, in your brain just like is does so much. And then like, they literally show her like kind of doing it on the floor and just like yeah. pressing the fingertips down. And I was like, ah. yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a bad part for me too. But, uh, yeah. The whole thing was, was absolutely gorgeous. And you know, it really, it's scary enough for the entire movie. Like they didn't have to do anything else for the entire movie. They, it was that good. Yeah. Like top to bottom, really great sequence. Our boy Kenji saved the best track for the best as well. Like, yeah, uh, so good. The, the score during this um, scene is so good. Um, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed this one. And um, a thing that I thought about at the very end of this, like, cause they don't, they don't focus on, the visual ring as much on yeah. uh in this one but then i thought about it the phone call ring ring rings yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah i mean yes i mean it, it, with this version uh, i'm not sure but i thought that in the american version they distinguished that the ring was the well like her looking yeah up yeah into the well but after watching Ringu, they don't mention that at all. So yeah, go for it, man. No, yeah. ring a ring ring. <laughs> That's the weed talking. Yes. How stoned are you for this right now? Is that what's is that what's in your pen? Uh, yes. Uh, my dude, I don't do flower. I just do like vape. Nice. So, this is something called silver haze, and uh, about forty percent. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm getting back on yeah, forty percent. Feeling good. I'm getting back on my oil grind because now oh, I'm like yeah? actually like working again, but mm-hmm. I, I can't do it like full time. Cause like I have a sensitive throat. So that's why I'm always, yeah, that, it hits you pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm a bong guy. That's why I don't even smoke joints all that often because like my throat just can't handle it. Um, halfway through watching Ringu two, I got so high. Um, like the edibles kicked in a little later than I thought. And uh, I don't, and that's not a good movie to be super high in either. I don't know. I beg the differ. I think. Oh, really? I think, <laughs> no, I, think, I, I had no idea what was going on. I think on being high, I mean, yes, it doesn't help for uh, deciphering a movie, but I think <laughs> it definitely um, adds to um, the experience because like Ringu 2 yeah. has, a, has, a, has a very distinct vibe. And I think the weed made me draw a very unusual, two unusual parallels actually. Okay, that are going to be really funny. (laughs) Ringu Two, released in 1999, directed by Hideo Nakata. Um, he is back. Um, he is back on the sequel because they tried doing a simultaneous sequel um you know and with that one with spiral they went with um you know more in line with the book and then it didn't mm-hmm. work out and then they were like okay no let's get uh hideo back in here um let's continue on from what we were doing let's pick it back up um so we follow some characters from the first one um you know um um like they were like kind of mentioned in the background, like not even like supporting characters, but people that were, are connected to characters from the first one still. Yeah. Um, is it, was it my, the same, the main character? The, um, yeah. I thought it was like, yeah, his girlfriend. 
yeah slash my, assistant yeah yeah so my was takiyama's university assistant who also had a crush on him um and you know whatever they had going on um and she is the the main one um here but then it kind of um like halfway then it's um the the reporter guy um okazaki Oka, okazaki um, they kind of transition to him and then he's kind of the focal point for a hot minute. And then, um, uh, Reiko comes back in for like two scenes and then immediately gets ran over by a truck. Yeah. That was, that was not a good look. Yeah. That, that's like, and that's my biggest gripe with this movie is, is there is one, there's too many characters. I mean, cause it's like. We got we got May, we got Okazaki, then we got the doctors, then we got and you got the uh, uncle, then we got the uncle, we got Yochi. And the uncle's back, and then you got uh, yeah. So the, and the doctor coming in and out, and yeah, it, there's too many people in this one. Yeah, Yochi is here, and then we got Ghost, mm-hmm. uh, we got Ghost Daddy, uh, Takiyama <laughs> in here. I mean, literally everyone's in this movie. It's just like yeah. there's too much, and then they spend time on like the people that we care least about, yeah. you know? And it's just kind of like, I would have, cause I mean, that's, that's the trouble of like when you don't do like a clean slate sequel, you know, like when you kill everybody off and like everything's good, then you, and then you just start with a clean slate. Then it's like, you know, it's a lot easier to continue on. But here it's like, they, yeah, it had, seemed like they were kind of making it up as they went with this one. Um, I think, I think it had some good, some good moments, especially in the first half that I remember. But uh, the little nugget of fact that they gave that really freaked me out was uh, they said that uh, Sadako's body had only been dead for one to two years. Yeah. And like, so she was like in that well for over 25 years. And like talk about delivering like a scare literally just through this like verbal exchange, like you sure. know, through this yeah. through this uh, autopsy being done and just like kind of the way that it's like put out mm-hmm. there and you know the way that he draws the conclusion out and then puts just like yeah that image in your head like holy shit she was just chilling in a well for 30 years for 30 years they're trying to climb out and then her and that's, nails would grow back and then she'd climb out try to climb out again and, yeah. and then at you know some point she harnessed her demon powers got real into uh home videos and then <laughs> you know, uh, that's what Sadaku yeah. gets into. Um, what I do think that this movie does well is in the subgenre department. So, like, getting into the genre grinder here is they, you know, still have, like, that supernatural crime thriller elements mm-hmm. going on, carrying over from the first one. But then they bring in, like, more, like, sci-fi elements and, like... Yeah, especially like, with the doctor and his experiments. Yeah. yeah, and, like, you know, and, like, the, the psychic stuff and, like, you know, we get a lot more of that coming in here, you know. We see that he was um, doing experiments on one of the survivors from the first movie. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 the Kine. And yeah, then, from the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so, like, she was, like, one of the survivors from the beginning of the first one, and then, so she um, has gone mute and then has a phobia of TVs, and, um, but they're also doing experiments on her, like, psychic abilities that she also mm-hmm. has, because, remember, that's a thing in this movie? Everybody does. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna ramp that shit up in this one. <laughs> uh, like, oh, and... 
like but the sci-fi elements are so weird but at the same time yeah. i'm in i'm kind of into it you know it, it was kind of like a bridge between the original story Leon. You know, we mentioned the smallpox yeah and the mutation that it does like i think that's maybe one of the faults of the books is they went like too scientific with it um like we're looking for a scary book not a michael Crichton, you know book about planes but um it, you know it, with them going to the doctor and then like uh, having the the fear or the the energy go dissipate into the pool i think it was kind of their way to explain the tape yeah so the thing that I, that they touch on a lot in this movie is uh transferring of energy is a big thing yeah. and that like kind of plays into the you know uh trying to explain the the science behind an urban legend i guess but yeah. also like the way that they you know believe that like spiritual energy travels and you know things of that nature and yeah they 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 try to explain that away in this but from the pool scene on that's when i was having a lot of fun with this movie <laughs> from the pool scene on and from the uh, the the first experiments that they're doing, and then the pool yeah. scene stuff, and then the pool scene. You want to know the two movies that it reminded me of, which are on such opposite ends of the spectrum as far as quality. Um, one is It Follows. Oh, for sure. That yeah. that ending is finally explained. Yeah. I've always wondered what the fuck they were trying to do in It Follows, yeah. but it turns out uh David Robert Mitchell was just a Ringu Two fan. <laughs> i guess um so big vibes on that because they were literally like gonna do the same shit they're like exactly they were, they were gonna do like this but then what they fused it with <laughs> is it also felt like fucking the exorcist 2 the heretic oh, yeah. with the fucking when they hooked up yoichi and may yeah and they have their brains and they're trying to get to the spirit plane with sadaku or whatever didn't and you write something about exorcist 2 for nightmare i did i yeah. did um that that movie is fucking it's whoa that it's that weird, man. that uh, that article is like was the precursor to like my stoner's corner articles now <laughs> exactly because like that's basically it, it, you what gotta i did be. That's what I did for that article. I was just like, yeah. this movie is batshit. Like, <laughs> but weird that I draw on that movie and it follows yeah. uh, the vibes in this movie big time. Um, yeah, like they they play into all this, you know, trying to transfer stuff, and then um, yeah, they just they they started to go in the way of the the author, but they stopped it short of making it like a physical virus. Yeah. So, so the deal that they're doing with this this pool shenanigans, because okay, so the first forty minutes of this movie, nothing. Like they yeah. they pretty much mean nothing. Um, until Yoichi is introduced back into the movie, and then it's like, then you know, obviously it kind of should have been that way to begin with. This should have been Yoichi's movie, just like kind of go on. But, you know, once he's back in, that's what actually matters in this movie. So, Yoichi um, is, um, uh, he's angry um, about the death of his mom. So, he his, his psychic abilities are amplified by Sadaku powers, sort of. 
and so yeah, and he can't control it, and so they need to get the Sadako powers out of you. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting the way they did that with um, you know how he was saved, but still she left an imprint on him. Yeah, and was kind of channeling through him, and uh, I like how they did that. Sorry, one sec. I was loading loading a bowl. Continue oh, on good. with another thought while I do that. <laughs> okay. Um, and also the movie again. It it's not exactly scary, but it feels like with that last half they really tried to up it a little bit. Um, especially with that like waxed Sadaku, who was crawling yeah, up the ew. well. And uh, since it was wet, her face was kind of melting, but, you know, it wasn't. And then when she was holding the rope and the green goo was coming out, that was it, it was intense. I liked it. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, yeah, wax, wax figurine Sadaku at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like on one end, I do like it. But at the same time, it felt just like so different from the sure. first one, you know, the portrayal of yeah. Sadaku. And again, in this movie, they are very sparse with sadaku maybe there's probably even less sadaku in this movie yeah i think so than there is in the first one um very sparse with their usage but um that scene yeah her climbing up the well walls is pretty creepy the way she rises up um and then fucking then she speaks uh yeah Ew. It, it, her mouth doesn't work but her face is kind of you know moving and yeah it's terrifying man like that is nightmare fuel she yeah. fucking i love that she is so extra god sadaku is so extra i mean this whole she video is. the videotape shenanigans is already one thing because <laughs> she basically does that to like dumb down her powers because she's like so like all powerful or whatever it doesn't like and we learn that even more in ringu zero that yes. she has even more powers um but so extra that she has the need to climb up the wall um say say some bullshit to may and then and then just let and go. then let's go of the rope and falls back in the well yeah. she said bye bitch and i was like what the fuck oh and the rope that they were climbing up was supplied by ghost daddy takiyama yeah, ghost daddy yeah he was down there and he took all of the fear he took Yoichi had he yeah took it away from him yeah so ghost yeah ghost daddy absorbed uh sadaku's rage they they specifically yeah. that that's what I'm calling Sadaku's powers because that's what they call it a lot. Mm-hmm. Sadaku's rage, um, they absorb it, um, and then he also manifests them a rope. So his powers, um, undefined right now. Yeah, and he said, uh, you know, just don't look back, and she waited like three seconds to look back. Yeah, yeah. but then but then oh yeah, this whole sequence it's not actually in the well. It was in the the pool the whole time yeah they they did some mind um going to sadaku's plane travel shit which uh was a really cool transition when they do the camera the camera tilt that was pretty cool yeah it's like some early lewa nell shit yeah (laughs) yeah no that's good yeah yeah it was a um yeah yeah no it was i was way too high to really be following it but the it like flashed um, you know, when they went from being in the pool to the well and, and, and back out again, um, 
I thought that was really cool, man. You know, there's some points of it where like I didn't like the movie, but I liked that they they went for it, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, it, it, there's there's half of this movie that I literally do not care for, like yeah. whatsoever. But then the other 50 minutes though, I mean, I actually really like what's going on in those 50 <laughs> minutes, but it's also just ridiculous. Like it, they, sure. they, they go a little bonkers, but at the same time, it's not like they didn't already introduce half of the stuff in the first one. Anyways, like again, everybody's got, yeah, superpowers. No, I mean, it, 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 you know, going back to it, not high, it made some type of sense. Even if it was nonsense, it made sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the small points in the first half of the film, um, the one specifically was, uh, you know, how Asakawa and, you know, she did all of this to save Yoichi, but he still had that like stain on him. And then uh, she goes into what seems to be like an afterworld and speaks to her father. Yeah. And, and he says, um, you know, didn't we save Yoichi? Said, yeah, he, we saved him. And he said, well, that's not Yoichi anymore. Yeah. And yeah. So like, that was kind of a cool twist that they did on that, where it's like, okay, like a changeling type of thing. Like that's not your son anymore. And she takes the news really well by <laughs> immediately throwing herself in front of a semi. Yeah. There was just a- abandoning the kid right there, which is, yeah, which is fucked up. Um, <laughs> very fucked up. Um, one other thing that I did notice that they were this, this one, they didn't accomplish as much, but the other thing that they were looking to explore was like, you know, the after effects of, you know, Sadaku and like how it affects, you know, your loved ones and the people yeah. connected to you. Like again, cause like, that's like where all the main characters here are like, you know, down the line connected to characters from the original in some way. So it's like, I like what they were trying to do with that angle. Um, but it's like they chose the worst characters to do it with. Yeah. The most like right. uninteresting characters to do that with, you know, but I like where their head was at for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, the execution was not, not quite there, but the, the last 50 minutes of this movie are, in my, I, I will just choose to remember that, and the last fifty <laughs> minutes are pretty primo. Yeah, it's it's pretty lit, you know. But uh, you know, uh, it was definitely more interesting than Spiral. Uh, that movie was a complete snore. Uh, so I'll take the crazy, uh, you know, like 40, 50 minutes, and uh, I'll take that over what they tried to do first any day. Oh yeah, like that's one of my big things always is like it, the the worst thing that your movie can be for me is boring, you know. Yeah, and I exactly. will say that again, well, I'll say the the first 30 minutes of this movie are kind of boring, but then it it starts picking up steam halfway through. So, yeah. Yeah, the the, the least you can do is be boring, you know. Yeah, you exactly. That. Yeah. Do you want me to go into uh, spiral for a minute? Yeah. Um. Kind of. Uh. You you just mentioned it a minute ago, but kind of touch sure. on the different like um, you know where they were trying to go um mm-hmm. with spiral and like why it ended up being a better choice going this way. 
Yeah, um, this one, uh, it was a doctor who went to med school with uh, Takayama uh, from the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has lost a son, uh, I think it said two years before this and he's trying to kill himself but he can't bring himself to well he's the one that's actually in charge of the autopsy of uh, takiyama so it takes it picks up like right after the first movie and um this is where they had okay you know they they found a lump in his throat which was like smallpox that's kind of they went immediately into the virus angle oh okay yeah, so they were like, oh, it looks like smallpox, but, you know, smallpox has been eradicated for, you know, uh, decades before this. But, uh, yeah, uh, just to give it give it 30 seconds here, but um, the virus, your your eye, uh, there's, a, there's a message within the tape and your eye, it, they call it optical data exchange. So your eye yeah. sees the virus and then your body recreates the virus inside of you. That's how they explain that. What? Yeah, no, it's, well, it's whack, but I mean, no, they, um, I kind of like that. They try to explain it they and try. it almost yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The, it makes about as much sense as the finale of a uh, wonder woman 84. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. That's but that's the, the same shit though. Like you're right, same, same you're right. type shit. Yeah, it's just like, oh, here it is. It's magic. They could have just said that, and it's fine. Particles through the air. Exactly. That optical get... data exchange. Optical uh, data you know, exchange. That's hilarious. spiral did it first. Um, but uh, so at the end of the seven days, you end up, you know, the tumor throws a clot, and you have a heart attack. That's basically what happens. So the tape put its dna through the tape you know through the the images uh into the doctor Mm -hmm. and then he and my my still in it uh but she uh they fall in love very quickly and um he gets it in and basically when he gives her his seed he's passing on the virus to her and it gets her pregnant so i know stay with me here so the the ring virus fused with his sperm got her pregnant Uh. (laughs) yeah and uh she gives birth like the next day to a like a full-grown herself what what only it's sadako in that body uh, yeah no no dude yay take a hit no what? let's keep going oh no so so she gives birth to like they mentioned that she has special hormones because of that virus that makes the fetus grow really fast like uh so whatever that works so anyways they uh she gives birth to herself obviously the original her dies but sadako is in her body and she goes back to the doctor and seduces him again and basically she gives birth 
basically she she holds him like hostage she gives him an ultimatum and say okay you've seen what i can do i can bring your son back if you do something for me so yeah i'm, I'm still going but no they uh, so he, they take some dna from takayama and <laughs> implant it into her so she gives birth to a ghost daddy who is now real daddy again what yeah and so this was his plan all along he wanted to be reborn maybe without the guilt and the family baggage that he had before but anyway she gives birth to space daddy or ghost daddy um and and then she also gives birth to the doctor's son so he is reunited with his son but now there's a physical sadako in the world with ghost daddy and what they find out is that the virus they destroyed all the tapes but people kept getting the virus because they were reading um reiku's journal from the first movie so now <laughs> the virus can be passed through text like if you just read it so what they physical human Sadako and physically reborn Takayama do is they publish the journal so the whole world can read it and get the virus it, and it becomes like a like a next step in human evolution whoa I know right I mean no, it's it, it, they it, that as I was you reading make it, it back, you make it like, sound that sounds a lot cooler than what I, I was, remember it. I was about to just, say that sounds amazing. You make it sound um you make it sound lit cuz yeah, all no, those it's ideas really boring. cuz <laughs> how can how can okay that oh man I'm fascinated now cuz I got to figure out how you can make that into a boring film cuz that's yeah, all no they just spread it out and kind of like just I mean those are know, all they take big leaps but uh, those are uh all yeah no, cool there's ideas. a lot of rebornness I kind of like all those ideas, oddly. And then yeah, no, I don't. I don't and know. Then they're I just, just going to well, keep spreading. And see, what human like evolution? You, you barely saw uh, Sadako this entire movie, and you never really saw her as you know, hair in the face, scary, you know, dead in the well. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you you see her, but it's like it just took away all of it. It was a completely different story. You know, it took away all of the scare from Sadako herself. Yeah. And then that's a good transition because that is a similar issue um, that we have with Ringu Zero. <laughs> so Ringu Zero birthday um we're going we're getting the prequel treatment directed yeah. by norio saruta um and it was adapted from a short story um from the book the book birthday and there's like a short story in that yes yeah, yeah. this is just one of the short stories that was in that book yeah so so interesting that they just choose a tiny section out of the book for Sadaku's origins. But yeah, this is Sadaku as a kid, um, being a theater nerd. 
Um, <laughs> it's the seventies. Um, I love. Um, we so we I guess we get our period piece here. Yeah. Um, all the Japanese people, Japanese hair in the seventies. What? Oh man. Um, that's yeah, that's I mean, one thing good. I would, I, that, I I lost my hair a long time ago, but that's uh, one thing yeah, I'll no. give this movie is um we got some great hair in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, um, it looks good. Yeah, and uh there's um that we got two versions of Sadaku floating around. Um we got uh again yeah, dude, I you know theater camp shenanigans. That, like I actually liked this, dude. Oh, you like this one? Did you did you like it? it no, um, <laughs> it kind of washed over me. Not gonna lie, I was real I stoned that. for this one, but it I just was kind of I don't know. It's like it's not a bad prequel, but I guess it's not. I don't know. Not the pre uh, not the prequel I want. I don't know. Something yeah, about you don't know it. what story that you want to tell, but yeah, no, it's I I just watched something... it this afternoon before hopping on here, and man, I'm sitting here like trying not to give it four out of five, you know, like I'm sitting there. It's it's it was great. I thought it was great. Well, please, by all means, you have the floor. Um, oh, shit. what are what what did you what what I shouldn't uh... have said anything? No, you uh, you got to. Um, yeah. you know uh, everything about uh, the two sadako's i kind of enjoyed like there was like the the ego and the alter ego were split and so um the doctor that was her quote-unquote biological father you know in this one he found a way to do it or keep he locked one away in the attic and that was the bad one and he kind of allowed the other one to to move on and uh actually become a decent person but um, you know, when he mentioned, you know, one of the egos took after the mother and you're sitting there thinking, oh no, that's the bad one. And then he says the other ego took after her real father, which didn't like the second one say something about like a sea demon or something. That's what I was going to say. I, I was just going to say at this point, I'm going to say, um, Sadaku's daddy is Satan. Um, that's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Because I, I why kind not? of like that idea. Because why not? Uh, yeah, this kind of just showed it physically. There being two different sides to her. Yeah, I mean, I I like the I like the idea. I like because I mean the way that they drop it in is just like kind of mm-hmm. kind of just like here you go. Um, it's we got two. We got the alter ego going. Um, and I mean, this movie features the most Sadaku out of any of the yeah. trilogy. However, it is, um, for the most part, um, good, good hearted, just wants to do her role in, in the play. Hardworking Sadaku. Yeah. Hardworking Sadaku. And I don't know, just, it's, I don't know, just something <laughs> didn't quite sit right. It's like, I don't know. It's like you ever get a smoothie and it's and it's kind of good but there's something in it that you don't know that's just not working in the smoothie and yeah, it kind of no, throws the whole smoothie the off aftertaste. yeah that like that's that that was me for this movie yeah and maybe it was because it was the last one i watched and it was like even 10% good that i fell in love with it maybe i will say it even though it doesn't have um the flavor of uh Hideo Nakata his presence is obviously right, missed yeah. it does still look decent 
Mm-hmm. But there are some scenes that look like really bad for some reason. Yeah. Like um some of the scenes in the woods, like in the in the like middle-ish towards the end were just like I was like, why does this look really bad? Look you really know, bad it, all it of was, a sudden. They definitely made a choice there. I just don't know if it was the right one. It was kind of like uh, at spoiler alert, but uh, you know, towards the end, the two Sadakos merge and become the evil Sadako that we know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as soon as that happened, they upped the contrast on the camera. Yeah. And so everything looked really kind of dark and that's what they were going for i think but it just looked really over contrasty i mean were they trying to were they trying to go for was this the origin of uh the contrast look of the flashback memories in ringu and ringu 2 like when people have the flashbacks like it looked like that that that's this is origin too i guess because yeah no it yeah as soon as they merged it it pushed the button and it started to look real weird okay i thought i was crazy i'm glad i thought it was a really she was stalking around those people like jason Voorhees, man yeah she was it reminded me of like a slasher she's just like going from tree to tree and you can only see little glimpses of her and I mean, this is this is her roots, her training. Yeah. You know, this is um, not the um, uh, VHS virtuoso Sadaku we come to know and love. Not quite yet. This is yeah. Um, she's just killing everybody. You you know what I'll compare? <laughs> you know what I'll compare this movie to for my enjoyment of it? Um, what was that? The um, I mean, when we get towards the second half of this movie, this is uh, Sadaku's Hannibal Rising. that's that's what i I just caught that again like (laughs) maybe two months ago and man it's bad i just always see uh i I always see uh that actor he does he just does like cologne ads now (laughs) he doesn't even like act anymore he doesn't even act anymore but like yeah but that that's what ringu zero is for me um it's like it's I don't know. It's it's there, and I see the ideas, and then I was just like, sure. something's just not, something's just not melding here. Um, yeah, um, you know, and it was kind of uh, just being around her was giving the others in her troop like they were having dreams, uh, nightmares of the well, um, mm-hmm. but that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, a little continuity error there. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I or, don't know if this or if she, because she could see the future. Yeah, Sadaku, her uh, her powers transcend time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, she yeah. can in this one, she can also heal people. Yeah, I guess that was but, a choice, uh, but she doesn't uh, retain that because that's a uh, only good Sadaku power. Because um, they but, beat her to death in like thirty seconds after that. Yeah, like what the fuck? Um, yeah, whoa. Yeah, so 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 um. I <laughs> that scene is just I was like wait what is happening yeah I it, someone brings in the tape of the audio of the demonstration yeah. that her mother did where she killed that guy oh uh, yeah 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 and it, yep. and, and so and she's hearing that audio and so she starts to freak out you know it kind of has a carry vibe yeah they're like the lights kind of... are going crazy everything's kind of exploding and she's you know you don't know what's happening really uh well that's kind of me with all these movies she was she was triggered she was triggered but yeah so she they find 
the the troop leader that was killed earlier in the movie and they blame her for it and so they grab like candlesticks and beat her to death it's um it's a it's a choice like like yeah it's a choice and but you know they they had the sound effects right it was like every time they swung a candle in a holder it was like (laughs) the inside of a melon you know it was disgusting uh yeah um but then she comes back to life so she comes back just like everything else in this series sadaku is um japanese uh jesus japanese (laughs) anime jesus only she's more real only she's um she's yeah um, so so there was uh there was a few moments where uh in this movie i i just i don't know what i can explain it i i enjoyed that they went a little scarier with it yeah that's what Um, i was gonna say as well i think this might have one of the like scarier sadaku sequence i think it was scarier than any of them really yeah yeah um just the thought of like the person in the attic you know locked in a metal room in their attic. that that was a that was scary and and there's the moment where the girl the assistant who's uh mending the dress and uh she's in there working the dress and then she kind of you know stands up and it scans across the room and, and you see just the little hand sticking out of the wardrobe in the mm-hmm. background and in my phone i just wrote oh shit but no it, it's there was a few moments like that where like they were so close to capturing the 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 first movies uh you know aura that they they yeah. tried for it but it was i thought it was pretty good yeah and especially in some of the more psychological scares mm-hmm. that they had in this one um which um was kind of missing in um two you know that was kind of more of the For stuff sure. going on in the first one so yeah so i see where you're saying yeah almost yeah. recapturing that flavor i do well, the first movie did so well with reflection mm-hmm. you know uh whether it was reflecting off of a tv or a mirror or, or something like that it used those uh those angles and those shots to to make you just like uh watching uh carpenter's halloween 78 for the first time you're searching the background you know that's what you're doing you know yeah and uh ring zero was so close to that they used the mirrors in the dressing room really well and there were just a few little scary moments that made you search the background like like the first one did yeah like similar to the first one and um there was a scene in ringu 2 that i didn't pull up that one to shout out um the one in the apartment where oh, they come in. hanging off the balcony um yeah or even before that when um when sadaku's mom is like in the apartment oh yeah fuck that and she like floats like in and out of like the room and then she's brushing her hair and then the mirror and then sadaku walks in and then the mirror is switching and like that was a really good scene i totally forgot to mention that one but yeah Yeah, you're right though they had they had a couple good ones in the second but Everything was uh, right dead center of the screen. Like everything was happening in the in the foreground. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why we love the first one was the background. Yeah, yeah, they definitely um, they did uh, layer it in a little a little bit in there. But overall, I mean, and then and then it just kind of gives the information that we already know, you know, um, Oh, for sure. You know, how, you know, her powers and then getting thrown in the well, all the, you know, we get 
the stuff that we already know. So I don't know. There's a there's just uh these there's two things happening and then at each point, you know, they have highs and then there's lows, but um I would still say I would I'd still put this one at the bottom for me personally. Um, out of the three of them. I hate you. I think you you like it more than Ringu too, don't you? Yeah. Well, I yeah, I I don't know if it was the silver haze or if it was me, but uh <laughs> it uh something about Ring Two just went way out of bounds that I just didn't care for. But um, you know, I it's recency bias, maybe. Yeah, Ringu Two, um yeah, gets gets the second place for me because, again, the whole reason I do this podcast is I love subgenre stuff and I love sure. that the sequel went like took such a hard pivot, you know. It did, yeah. Which I find interesting. Um, and then like, and then when Ring Your Zero comes back in, it like kind of tries to get like a middle ground between the two of yeah, them. Yeah, it tries to bring it back a little bit. Yeah, like tries to be like a little bit in between because there's still, you know, so much superpower shit going on that it's a little mm-hmm. bit past Ringu, but like they were, but not going as far as Ringu 2. But yeah, but Ringu 2, the, uh, if all the, if, if, if it would have been like flip flopped and like all the crazy shit would have been in the beginning and that fizzled out, then that movie would be dead to me. But for the oh, fact yeah. that it's a better second half gives it, an edge okay. that's a lot I more that's I a, still hate you but i understand i do understand yeah. <laughs> but you know it is what it is with that but that's why we why we get along because yeah, you can have right. that opinion i can have as well i still love you even though um <laughs> the high contrast um merge sudoku scenes just did not do it for me yeah no i you know <laughs> It wasn't incompetence. They they de- they specifically made that choice. It just it was probably the wrong choice. Yeah, but that that's what I will give. Uh, Ringu Zero. Um, for my final thoughts on it is they made choices and then they and then they tried to do things with those choices. Yeah, I, I think it I think it was fine as as an origin story as a kind of oh that explains that type of movie. Um. I don't really care for like human Sadako. I don't want to get to know her. Um, but you know, they did a pretty good job with it. It's there if you want it. That's what <laughs> I'll I'll give it that is my um recommendation yeah. for it. It's it's there on Shutter with the other ones if you if you want to watch it. Alrighty. To close things out, of course, we got to um, spend just a few minutes talking about the 2002 remake of The Ring, um, you know, because this because that came out before the American version of The Grudge. So, yeah, I, this I think was, it was one of the first. Yeah. yeah. So this was like, you know, a, a big jumping off of the, you know, remake craze of the mm-hmm. aughts. Um, you know, specifically adapting um, foreign language films. And um, and it's one of the ones in the case of, you know, because I mean, I'm pretty pro-remake just in general terms. Yeah, so am I, yeah. You know, and one of the things I like is like, okay, if you're, I've noticed there's different styles you can do it in. 
Yeah. And the 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 first like successful style is like you you do enough where you pay homage and respect the original but then put your creative, you know, twist on it whether it be like kind of switching the aesthetic up and then yeah, sure. focusing on having the same story in there but focusing on different ones of them but then again like i notice you know there's the difference in the american storytelling versus mm-hmm. japanese storytelling and um you know the 2002 one it's a really good remake um it's a, it's a different movie it's it's got more of the the big scares in it um you know they make they go out of their way to make Samara more, you know, scary herself, has more of a presence. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, Gore Verbinski's just a great director. I love the, the like slightly, you know, bluish, tealish bluish, hue. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a beautiful movie. Like it looks real good. Um, yeah. and that's something I've always, uh, respected for it. But like, just like the iconography that it's had, you know, that, you know, you see, it sprinkle in through American horror just the same way that Ringu did for Japanese horror. So, you know, a great instance Uh, of having a good product, you know, on both ends. Sure. Yeah. It it, it was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Uh, when I went and saw it, um, I just, you know, a packed house that first I saw her face and they pull back the, the, you know, the closet door and the, that that was ter- absolutely terrifying. Everybody in the theater screamed. That's one of the last times I really enjoyed seeing a movie with tons of other people. See, I went. I mean, I wish I could have had a, a theater experience sure. for this one because yeah, I bet this would have been a fun one. And I mean, even though this came out when I was young, like this would have yeah. been just like a nice one to see on the big screen because it would have looked nice. But I mean eight-year-old me wouldn't have cared for that at the time (laughs) no 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 we were uh we were at a basketball tournament and my whole team went and i was sitting next to our center um shout out tim krug um you know he's 610 uh probably 250 260 he's a big dude but he had his arm like both of his hands wrapped around my bicep during the whole last scene when she comes out of the tv i had bruises all the way down my (laughs) my bicep uh it's just one of those where you know i'm not gonna say he was a tough dude or something but uh you know the the whole place was going nuts just screaming and you know that probably made me love the movie more than you know if i would have caught it on dvd yeah well see i remember i remember whenever i saw this because i saw it like renting it from the video store from blockbuster or family video or something but this was a on the on the fringe um movie where it was on vhs and dvd yeah and i had it on on vhs and that just made it even scarier i mean exactly you know uh, we i watched it on vhs whenever i watched Mm -hmm. it for the first time so i remember just that you know had the um you know just like the the feeling of it like when we're watching it and then like knowing that oh shit i'm watching a tape right now you know and like that oh no and then like especially um we we like that, that that was that's a great uh, point because you know you know there were things before before dvds and a lot of long young kids have never had a vhs but and so maybe that 
kind of disconnects them from the the fear that you feel watching ring yeah Um, but yeah no that was something special to pop that you know uh vhs out and kind of think about it and look at it like well is it real i remember we watched it a a second time because like i think i watched it with watched it with like my sisters and mom the first time and then it was like my mom was like my dad hates horror movies but she was like oh no i really want you to watch this one like what do you think i'll like it so we so we all watched it a second time so it's like we're already terrified of it but like oh yeah let's do it again and then i remember i like fell asleep i think a lot i think most of us like fell asleep but then i just woke up and since it was a vhs it, it played all the way through just woke up to the tv static Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I just like freaked out. And then like everybody woke up and freaked out too. And it was like (laughs) super funny. Like, you know, Um, it was, yeah, it was like a a good, you know, and then it was a movie that everybody talked about too, because it was like one of those ones when you do have like either that theatrical experience or like seeing at home, like it was that one that you like tell people because you usually had some sort of like funny story with it too. Like when you watched it, because it was a... A you know like Gore Verbinski knew that you were like he made it like when I say a spook fest I don't always mean that in a bad way like I kind of say it in like a in a jokey yeah. way but at the same time like he knows like this is a movie that I want people just to have a good time getting scared with yeah you know so they don't focus in as much on the character stuff that Ringu does and they um you know scale back on they scale back but then also put their own twist on samara's background yeah you know like they still it's like the you know the they there was the mom but then there was also the 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 dad and then but then they also had their element of when they were doing tests on samara yeah all this other stuff too so Um, they you know kind of did a little bit of of both yeah no it's it's probably uh, you know, it was the first like great horror film uh, of the 2000s for me, pers- just me personally. I know there was others, but that's the, when I saw it, it kind of reignited a because I'm not a huge slasher guy. Um, I like slashers, but um, a lot of the 90s slashers, let's say for me, kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, so that's I kind of cooled on horror, but then when when I saw the ring in the theater, that reignited my love for it, and I'll I'll always remember it for that. Yeah, this was just um I think it definitely played a big role in a lot of people's horror yeah, histories sure. in one way or another, you know, um depending on what story that you had attributed to it. But again, yeah. it's um it's a good example of you have two different movies with two different experiences that you can. Uh, watch them both and enjoy them both and it's like hey look at that remakes are good you know i'm i i i I love remakes i mean i I always love remakes i honestly think more oftentimes than not they work out and it's just like when they don't it's like and when they don't work out it's because they are like miserably bad and then mm-hmm. that's just like the the memory that people have and then they kind of just attribute that to remakes but like more often times than not i like i mean a majority of remakes yeah i mean it's it's rare that they're th- this is probably the closest a remake is to being as good as or better than the original yeah i mean yeah because honestly catch me on 
a different day of the week, I might like the American one still a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think again, I think I do as well, just yeah. because it had such an impact on me. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I definitely um appreciated um watching through the series and uh, kind of seeing where the roots go and now i have to kind of check out the the ones that i missed with the forgotten sequel and the t- uh, i especially you know want to check out the tv uh the tv series but at the or and there's also a or not the tv series there's a tv film but there's also a tv series which i yeah i kind of want to explore that a little bit who knows because there's just like so interesting you know and then the the two different timelines kind of are separate but then also they converge with ring zero because they're like they still do kind of technically yeah. the same thing but then also like with the sadaku 3d movies and sadaku so did, versus did you, what's her face and i have not seen rings i have not seen rings either i watched a so very in-depth commentary by a youtuber on rings but i did not watch it myself no i you know, <laughs> I had enough to do, but you know, I was like, oh man, maybe Devon's seen it. No, I'm not even worried about it. No, um, it's interesting because, like, fucking, um, what's her face is in it. Um, uh, the chick from Possessor and, um, Mandy, uh, Andrea, yeah, uh, Andrea Risebro. Andrea yeah. Risebro. She's in it. Yeah. She's like the main person. And it's, oh, really? and it's also from the director of this movie that I just watched the other night, Piercing. Oh, okay. Um, which I wish I liked that movie more. It was, <laughs> I've seen a lot like that lately, so I understand. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I have not seen rings, but I know they try, I know they also like go more into the, the the tech stuff because it's well yeah i mean the, the world are in 2020 2002 so, which i mean i guess is like kind of interesting but also not really um yeah. the uh american ring 2 is um decent it's not bad yeah i, I haven't watched I it in a very look, long time i didn't but. seek that one out either uh i remember watching it a few times you know years ago and it was fine yeah i know they you know did some like um in that one they kind of did very like scene for scene like type from oh, sure. from uh ringu 2 like yeah or shot for shot scenes of it um which yeah. they didn't really do as much in um the first the ring so you know but there's um this this series it's had it's got a lot going on it's got a lot going on and you know i'm not like a in, like a horror intellectual or a film student or anything so you're not going to hear anything like profound uh from me but uh i this series made me think a lot about you know myself as a father and you know the idea of passing down curses or mm-hmm. you know genetic abnormalities you know i i think about my kids a lot now so w- watching through these again like it hits you different in different stages in your life. So it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah. I mean, that is um, definitely a core theme very much running through it. Mm -hmm. um, This parenthood and um, you know, what you inherit from your parents as children and you know, the, the parallels that they have running through them. So yeah, definitely, um, you know, through line that I didn't think about as much. I do not have kids yet, but don't um, ever do it. Oh no. They look, it looks like so much fun. (laughs) And you yeah, don't no. even know yeah, they're, they're they're I honestly have the best kids ever, but they kind of are uh loud sometimes. 
Um, but no, yeah, as someone who has, you know, uh, mental illness like myself, you know, I watch my son and I'm like, you know, at least maybe in this generation will be more open to talk about it. But, you know, what do you pass on to your kids and what responsibility do you have to help them through it? Yeah, that is that is a good point and just like something that, you know, you, you have in the back of your head and then like, you know, sure. when you rewatch things in the different perspectives and you kind of have yeah. those different appreciations. And also, you don't know what uh, psychic superpowers your kids have yet. So, you know, <laughs> they, we don't... they have the power to take all of my money. So, so the verdict is still out on them. We'll we'll see yeah, how they right, yeah. we'll see how they come along. But, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on and hey, chatting. This, this, is, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this shit is insanity. Um, glad I had you to, um, help guide me through it because, um, you definitely went in a little bit harder on, on it than I did. So I appreciate yeah, no, you I'm gonna for have it. to just mentally erase most of that. Yeah, it was, you know, maybe I was exercising my own demons by talking it out with you. What what movie do you think you would watch to purge to to purge the information to clean slate it for for me right now? If I was uh, if I had to do that, I would just throw on a big, dumb, fun movie for me, which is like the Star Trek 2009 that, you know, the Kelvin timeline. That's me. Big bang. Boom. Oh, yeah turn something fun on for sure absolutely yeah yeah i don't know i'm thinking i'm thinking i might throw on 2013 evil dead i'm not sure oh my because that's always a good palate cleanser right there yeah that was another great um you know theater moment because there's just so much gore and everyone was you know being great uh, a great theater experience similar to this one also a great remake boom look at that yeah it's great yeah circling it back around but uh yeah once again tyler thanks for coming on the show uh where can the good people find you my man uh well i am on uh the twitter machine at ty liston um you can head over to uh haw creek horror dot just e-e-e-k-h-o-r-r-o-r I'm good at spelling. I watch a lot of Sesame Street. Uh, you can also find us on uh, We Are Horror. We're on a Patreon. We also have a wearehorror.com, which has a shop. We can get some merch and stuff. Um, but check us out on Patreon. You know, four bucks a month to the magazine and uh, lots of other cool stuff coming your way. Yes, please, 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 please um, consider subscribing to We Are Horror. Um, it goes to a great cause. It's so much great content. Like, it's a... I like being able to, I just like kind of keep it now. I limit myself to like a couple articles, like just here and there. So that way I like spread it out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's real nice. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's a great magazine, um, great cause. So make sure you guys are checking that out. And also um, make sure you guys are checking out the review section on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Go on, go on there. Search Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Rate it five stars. Write a few sweet words. I'd really appreciate it. We have one more week left here in um, J-Horror for Japanuary, but that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Join us next week as we are talking a couple J-Horror hidden gems with Mary Beth McAndrews. Very pumped for that. Make sure you guys are following the podcast page at BloodyBluntCC and following my personal Twitter and Instagram at underscore DaddyDisco. And until next time, guys, stay lifted.